0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Success in Finance. Joining me today is Amit Lakhani. Amit is currently Investment Director at the Zeal Group and he's going to talk us through his career today with key themes being the importance of SQL, modelling and data for providing uh, useful financial information, the importance of networking and specifically networking as an introvert, Uh, the fact that he developed his own model uh, for financial forecasting that was then used by investors instead of their standard investment banking template for the Zeal Group's uh, forecasting purposes. Um, He will then obviously talk about the advice that he would give to aspiring finance professionals, um, where he says, always focus on a solution rather than just identifying what's wrong. Um, In terms of Amit's career to date, uh, he did a degree in economics and statistics from UCL. Um, He then had a few short stints as an investment assistant at Thomas Miller, a data analyst at Geonomics, and a data analyst at Reva Bus, before settling at the Zeal Group, where he has progressed from investment and data strategy analyst to corporate development associate, head of corporate development, and now investment director in just four and a half years. I hope you enjoy the episode, and don't forget to subscribe, share, and comment. As always, thanks for listening. Hi, I'm it. Thanks for joining me on Success in Finance today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Good to have you. Um well, do you want to get us started with a quick sort of elevator pitch of your career and then we can go into a bit more detail.
1: Yeah, um, so career I guess I still count myself as early in my career. Um, only been working for about seven years, I guess, since since I finished uni. Um, had a few odd jobs at the beginning just figuring out what I wanted to do and my, most of my time has been at Zeal, been here about four and a half years, um, gone from the venture investments to doing a merger, um, to doing insurance, um, doing strategy, I mean just random bits of everything um, during my time at Zeal, kind of a, a nice varied role, trying lots of stuff. Generally I, I kind of you know, introduce myself as having a, a data finance um, strategy background, I've done that kind of stuff. Um studied economics, statistics. That that's that's me in in a small nutshell.
0: Cool. No, thanks for that. So um yeah, you mentioned you studied sort of economics and statistics anyway. So going back to your degree, why did you choose that degree? Um, and then what what sort of led from there into what you went into career wise and, and how are you still sort of applying that stuff?
1: Yeah, so in uni, it was, uh, when I chose to do the subject, I was actually meant to do dentistry until the last minute um, when UCAS applications were due and I realised, oh crap, I, I, I can't imagine doing this for the rest of my life. Um, so I, I, I picked I picked mathematics. Um, uh, it was kind of the easy choice in a sense, you know, given I didn't want to do dentistry, I wanted to do something a bit broader. Um, it felt more solid, so I went for mathematics. Um, I applied for that, going to a couple of uni I realised it wasn't for me, so I took a year, a gap year, um, and applied again. Um, I really had enjoyed economics at A level. It was actually my kind of fun subject. I chose to do economics at A level. Everything else was kind of driven to do dentistry, biology, chemistry, math, those kind of subjects. Um, and economics, uh, my teacher just really inspired me. Um, I never had a subject that was more exciting. I don't think a lot of other people thought the teacher was particularly good, but I thought he was brilliant in the fact that he made me want to know more and want to learn more. I was learning economics during the financial crisis, the perfect timing, um, and I thought I'll do something with economics. I knew I wanted to go to a London uni. I was good at math and statistics, uh, something something quite broad, econ and stats at UCL. um, It gave me lots of options given I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. Yeah. And then and then yeah, sorry, the, the degree, um very quantitative, you know, econometrics, a lot of that, statistics, obviously. Um I'm a numbers guy, it, it made sense. Um a lot of that have, have been brought around. I wouldn't say how much I've used in my future life is is a question mark. Um but at least it grounded me in that data numbers, you know, financing aspect of, of, of things.
0: Yeah, I guess it's more the sort of way you approach problems right yeah yeah yeah. yeah. much more
1: than the actual the knowledge and and you kind of realize that afterwards um yeah when did i ever learn how to when did i need to do multiple linear regression network Um...
0: (laughs) yeah no i uh, i definitely dodged all that sort of thing at uni Um, well it wasn't for me but uh, you mentioned you were you were quite inspired by that specific teacher Mm -hmm. um what, what what sort of things was it that that inspired you was it well, yes, yeah, specific to the teacher rather than the subjects.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it was, you know, the subject was generally, you know, a standard subject. It was interesting. But the teacher, I think, um, given we were in the financial crisis, you could see every time he came in and I was investing money at that time too myself. So it's kind of when he came in, he was just so excited. Um, and you know, he really brought that stuff to life with current events happening, you know, real things happening on the markets, in, in the economy. It was the perfect time to do economics, given everything happening um and yeah just you know that excitement just came off onto me and I, I I got it about the bug um and economics for me then became just like you know you could see it everywhere and he used to just bring it to life
0: yeah no you probably, honest, you probably
1: did do the 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 typical textbook teaching that other people may have preferred but I, I I you know textbook work I can do on my own I can read um but can you excite me about the subject
0: yeah no I think we, we were probably doing uh uh, a levels at a similar time. Maybe I was doing. Yeah, I can't. But I, I definitely remember in my sort of business lessons, the economic crisis was was getting a lot of airtime for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So obviously graduated um, from UCL, and you mentioned at the start that you sort of did a few bits and bobs here and there, um sort of deciding what you wanted to do. So. Do you want to talk me through those first few roles? And what what you learned in each of them, what what was good about them, what wasn't right, because clearly that they, they were all quite short lived. Yeah. And yeah, I've got more questions, but we'll get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, and no, so I, I I knew I didn't want to go into the the standard banking route that was probably expected from from my degree and what people around me were doing. Um, I, I, I couldn't imagine myself doing the 12-hour corporate days and be, being that guy um, but I, I didn't know what I wanted to do Um so it's just I knew what I didn't want to do um, so I, I went out and started looking for some jobs. Um, the first job was kind of two internship roles one was in fund management at, at Thomas Miller and one was in wealth management at Thomas Miller um, you know that that seemed like a logical thing i was an investor myself i was, I was investing in, in companies in 13. so that like kind of you know is there something interesting i could do um it was it was good to be there with good learning again you know you find the one one or two really good colleagues that teach you some stuff and and you know bring you along um but i i felt i you know making that 2.3% instead of 2.1% for that very wealthy person isn't really game-changing, isn't really, you know, moving the dial. I could do that, it'd be nice, you know, nice spreadsheet exercise a lot of the time, um, but it, it felt too detached from, you know, actually making a bigger difference. Um, so then I, you know, I still hadn't ruled it out, but I went I went to try, um, I got a data analyst role at Geonomics. Um, this was a startup trying to do a new a late stage startup trying to do a a new gaming, online gaming, gambling product, um, trying to make instant games a a bit more exciting. Um, They actually did a a location-based lottery product. Um, That was a very short role, five months. Um, It was my first proper job, so I was excited. I learned a lot of stuff. I learned how to code and use SQL and and do some actual data analysis and really use that for a business and bring it to life. Like, what's the point of this? Um, it was very much the acquisition cost birth of the lifetime value, you know, really focusing on that every day. Um, I realized quite soon after joining that this business was not working. Um, so I started looking for my next role and I actually got made redundant from that role. Um, uh, because they got purchased by the biggest investors, a kind of you know, a team sale at the end of the business life. It didn't was that,
0: work. sorry, you, you got made redundant from Geonomics? Geonomic, yeah, yeah, okay. From Geonomics,
1: yeah, from genomic. And they were purchased by Zeal, so they did an Acquire hire off the tech team. Right. Um, so I was made redundant. Um, it was actually a really great experience, even though it's, it's odd to be made redundant at that time. I think it, it very much for me was logical. So I was already looking for my new job. I got a nice payout, so not bad. I learned a lot of stuff, um, but also it kind of made me realize very early on in my career that, why we do what we do, what's the point of this business, it has to be able to make money and you know pay us all well of course, but make money for the shareholders and owners of that business, otherwise there is no business, there is no job. Um, So I actually was uh, quite happy when I found out about that, um, which most people wouldn't be, (laughs) but but that was nice. Um, And it was a good experience, and better to do it then than you know later on when I have commitments and obligations and whatnot. Um,
0: Yeah, no, because I was going to ask were were there any challenges? Because I mean, for most people, redundancy I mean, I know some get a sort of voluntary redundancy, which they're like, ah, I'm quite pleased with that. Um, But were there any sort of challenges coming out of that or were you just quite happy to roll with the punches
1: you know i, I, was, I was quite happy i, I got a, a decent payout um and it was just about how do i find my next role i was probably you know still looking for what i wanted to do so i was still in that stage of you know not ready to commit to a, a job long term um still figuring out what i wanted to do i felt a little bit i wanted to get more into the finance side of it um rather than just the purely data analysis side um so it's was, it was good timing and and i found a great role at Arriva. Soon after, which is a London bus company. Yeah. Um, so Reva, I was actually a data analyst in the FP&A team. Um, it was a completely new role. They had no kind of there was no instruction manual for it. They didn't really know what to do with me. Um, so it was kind of great. I got to you know define my role, make it my own. Um, very early on, I, I kind of uh, did a bit of analysis um, and uh, you know found a way to save a few million pounds um, just by optimising where we send new drivers rather than sending them to the automatically closest place, you know, how can we send them to the place where it currently costs the most to cover those shifts? Um, and for a company that made a few million, being able to find a few million of savings is, is a pretty big deal. Um, so from from that, that kind of gave me the, the backing, gave my seniors the confidence to let me crack on and do what I could do. Um, I spent that time, you know, using a lot of data, applying to finance, how can we get efficiency of, you know, we have how many, you know, I think we had about 500 buffers in London, 5,000 employees, um, quite a big organisation, low profit margin in, in PFL, of course, um, but how can you use data better to really maximise what we do? So that was a fun role, um, and it got me into that FP&A team, and got me closer to finance.
0: Yeah. And what, um so again, after sort of 11, 12 months, what was it that um, drove you to move on? Was it time for a change again or did did the opportunity at Zeal just come up?
1: Yeah, the, the opportunity came up at Zeal. Um, so given Zeal had purchased Geonomics, I had worked with um, some of the people there and, and an opportunity came to join Veal, um, to join their venture capital new arm um, that they were launching trying to invest in new businesses that do something very different to the normal lottery business. Um,
0: yeah well look before we get into uh, a bit more detail on zeal um, because the, the way that your career started most people sort of join a company head down for a few years get the qualification if they're doing for example the ACA like I did and here I am in recruitment and um, what were the benefits of of trying those different roles.
1: I think it it was just that ability to find something that works for you. Like I, I learned that I, I like to be inside a company. I like to not be on the outside kind of consulting or advising or managing, you know, making an investment in something something over here and there. Um, you know, actually being inside, being responsible and feeling that bit of ownership that, you know, this is my company and what I do actually make the difference. So that's why I enjoyed, you know, the the Second two roles after that, um, Thomas Miller role. Um, it, it was more insight I can make a difference when, with the FP&A team. There, you know, things I were doing could actually make a meaningful difference to this company. Um, so, you know, it, it was learning that learning that you can go different routes. You don't have to go that to that typical graduate role, go into banking in in, in at least my my degree kind of uh, area. But yeah, just trying new things, trying to find something that works, because you're going to be doing it for 50 years, I guess. Um, No point settling into something that you're not really enjoying just doing because it feels right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And You know, just at the the time it was terrifying. So it wasn't all easy, easy going when I was doing it. It was scary thinking, you know, uh, at some point your parents start saying, why you keep you can't even hold down a job for six months. but no, it was it was me trying and opportunity came up and you take them.
0: Yeah, I mean, where those conversations actually happening and how did you sort of deal with them? Because I can imagine I'd have had the, the exact same. Yeah, you no, know, I had them,
1: um, especially when I left Arriva to come to Zeal. Um, they were like, you know, it, it, enough now, um, settle down, do your at Arriva. I could have done my um, CMA and done the accounting route. Um, you know, that, that was a tough one. I didn't. I didn't automatically say yes to the opportunity because I, I was, you know, trying to settle into a job and stick with something for a little while, show that I could do it. I was enjoying it. It was a good role. I had had lots of um, flexibility to do, you know, new things and find new things. Um, but then, then the the opportunity was just too good to be true. Once once I started getting um, more information about it and and what the role would entail.
0: Yeah, and uh, yes, yeah, so you, you sort of mentioned. I think. Probably in atomic genomics, but then more so at Ariba as well. You you learn coding, how to use SQL. How invaluable is that in in being able to do sort of data analysis? Because I, I see it becoming more and more prominent in sort of your FPNA type roles. It's five years ago, no one really spoke about it, but now it's like it's it's becoming. Oh, be be good if they could code. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and no, I think if if great, I don't use it on a day-to-day basis now, but I can have those conversations. I can do it when I need to do it. Um, but yeah, no, having that that data perspective, it just means, you know, at least it's in in my my roles, people feel confident with what I say because they know that I can look into data. I know how to deal with data, um, and that really helps, um, especially when you're you're kind of move, moving up in your career. People are are relying on you, the person, to be able to say, you know, this is right, this is wrong, you know, this is my recommendation. Um, They don't expect to kind of check your work all the time now. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the coding thing, you know, finance has so much data um, and, you know, a lot of it's probably not being used, whereas there's so much opportunity to use that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, the more ways there are to manipulate it, the more useful output you can get from it, aren't there? So, so, yeah, so then you, you did start at Zeal Um so firstly, tell me a bit about Zeal and then sort of the first role you went into and, and how things progressed from there.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so Zeal is a, a lottery company in Germany. It's been around for 22 years, kind of had some some near death experiences on the way. Um, it started off 22 years ago and, you know, now everyone at Zeal will hear my version of the story, so maybe they'll correct me. Um, <laughs> it started 22 years ago, a couple of guys going to the corner shop, buying lottery tickets and selling them online. So just when the Internet was kind of you know taking off in 99, they founded this, they started doing this and people wanted tickets online with EVA. Um, that grew to a pretty meaningful size. At one point, the the government didn't like it, and they changed the regulation, which nearly killed us. Um, we switched the model. This we was before my time, but the model was switched to betting on lottery, where we uh, became a, a betting company, and people were betting on lottery with us. And we were taking all that risk in the background. If somebody won 500 million, we would be on the hook for that. Um, and we kept doing that for a while. Um, they changed the regulation to Let people back into the market because they realized they don't like the betting on lottery even more than they didn't like the other model. Um, We spun out a small team that became Lotto24, who grew and did that business in in Germany for a while. And then in 2018, the the latest change in Zeal was um, we purchased, well, we merged with Lotto24 and, and we switched the model back into selling tickets online. So we now sell lottery retail. We're a lottery retailer in Germany um with the with the biggest lottery retailer in Germany online retailer in Germany so it's it's a slightly different model to the UK where we have um Camelot kind of owning the whole online and offline retailing part and then then Zeal also has a business in Spain and they have Zeal Ventures in the UK.
0: Okay um well so what do they do in the UK then?
1: So UK All Venture, which is what I, I work on, um, we invest in new businesses, new startups, um, and uh, typically something that we invest in businesses that are doing something very different in the lottery space. So they're not offering the normal cash prize, they're offering something else. So we have businesses that you know offer racehorse experiences. Uh, offer holidays or offer houses or offer handbags um, you know something very different
0: to what like raffle house and stuff yeah like
1: that. exactly yeah yeah we don't have that one we have amaze um, so you may have seen that um, which raffles off houses in the UK which is, is something really different and it's, it's not cash you know we probably can't compete on cash because national lottery is there and they're doing 10 of the millions of pounds in jackpots but yeah, that's the deal in in the in the nutshell. We had lots of changes over time and yeah, the most recent one was that merger in 2018,
0: 2019. Cool. No interesting. And then so is the sort of landscape you said in sort of Germany is is it different? So there's sort of multiple outlets or yeah, in in Germany um outlets. Yeah.
1: Yeah, in Germany you can have you can have an online retailing license for lottery tickets so you're selling the normal lottery tickets but you sell them online and there's multiple people doing that um, okay. in, in the UK it's kind of just Camelot that does the national lottery online.
0: Yeah yeah absolutely um okay so that that acquisition uh, that took place back in 2018 is that was that largely what your role Consisted of when you first joined, sort of doing the, I don't know, the due diligence behind that. So,
1: yeah, no, that that my role changed into that at some point. My my initial role at Zeal was uh, just the investment analyst role for this venture capital part of the company. I joined a couple of other people, um, very small team, um, and we started making investments um, in in different businesses in in the UK and, and a US business as well. So that, that was my primary role at the beginning. You know, managing the funnel, doing the due diligence, modeling, um, seeing what we could, you know, what we could offer on, on valuation, and uh, closing the deals with legal help. Um, and then, then that that changed into corporate development in the second year, and that's where I really joined the modeling. Uh, I, I took over the modeling of the Lotta 24 deal. I was actually included in the deal team quite late. And they had the investment bank have had put together the model. Um, I didn't particularly like it. So I thought I'd do one on the side, just so I can check for my own personal reasons, just to double check what it looked like, but it seemed a bit odd. You know, the model that I use goes from the customer base of upwards and the investment banking model, obviously you're outside the company, you go from the top down and you kind of look at sales and they go up, X year. that kind of logic. Um, so I thought I'd just try and do this on the side, and then somehow in the next couple of days it became the model that we use at Zeal. Um, had a horrible four weeks—you um, know, long late nights and early mornings modeling—and that became the official model. Um, regretted it during the time, saying, "What did I open my mouth for?" Um, <laughs> but it was, it was such a great experience um, to really get into that—you know, that that got right in the center of it, working very closely with the CEO here, um, getting really into into the detail of that. Um, the corporate development role the merger was, was one big part of it but there are other, you know insurance stuff i got involved in um the hedging structure that we had for lottery betting um the other businesses we were running in the uk and abroad from zeal and the investments so it's kind of a very varied role which i really enjoyed got to try lots of different things
0: yeah no absolutely next no, i was going to say obviously going into zeal you're still relatively junior I haven't got that much experience. And then all of a sudden you're the primary person developing this model. I mean, it sounds like that wasn't the initial intention, but you produced this great piece of work that, that then everyone latched onto. So that must have been quite a confidence booster, such Yeah, a nice I mean
1: case. it was it was uh, the moment I would put on the map, I guess, my my moment of, of you know. People knowing my name and, and knowing who I am and what I do, uh, you know, having exposure to the board who actually now know who I am. it's not just this guy in the corner doing his analysis, but it's the guy doing the model. And if this model doesn't work, we don't do this deal. Um so that that was and I would you know remember that moment very fondly of my turning point of the junior guy in the corner to actually, you know, having having a fee at the table. Nice. Which was was a surprise and a shock, um, but this this is where you know
0: opportunities come. And you just have to run with them. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and how did you find sort of liaising with the the investment bankers? As you say, and yeah, the, the, invest- the CEO, or were you just was it just a case of I know what I'm doing. I'm comfortable with my modelling and therefore I'm confident dealing with
1: these people. Uh, uh, It was terrifying, the whole thing. (laughs) Um, You know, the the investment bankers were fine, that was was the easier part. Obviously with the board, it felt very much like this is the board, you know, you don't talk to the CEO, who am I? Um, And, you know, that that was a lot of one-to-one time as well, which, you know, very suddenly going from none to, you know, very like, I'll call you when I land in Germany again, after seeing you here in the UK. you know, that kind of was just yeah, mind blowing, but it was, it was kind of so hectic. You kind of just go with it, you do stuff um, and things went wrong. You know, there were I made mistakes on the model at some point. I then found them, um, you know, that wasn't fun to have to explain. Saying, oh, excuse, sorry, that's, you know, a 10% difference in valuation. And when you're talking about hundreds of millions, and um, that starts to be meaningful. Um, but, you know, it happened um, and I felt horrible after those mistakes were happening and they were found um, and things also went well because, you know, we we had a model that people understood rather than just a top down, let's just see how many percent we increase stuff by model. Um, but, you know, it was terrifying at the time. I mean, <laughs> it's always nice to talk about it afterwards than in, in, in the midst of it when you're kind of, you know, anxious and worried and stressed and trying to do everything perfect and, you know, we're uh, afraid of. Messing up and I did, you know, it happened um, and it happens, always happens.
0: Yeah. Um, and then just, I mean, it sounds like I know people sometimes try to sort of hide errors. Did you always find the best approaches or find an error, tell everyone immediately? Yeah. I mean, my, my boss at the time, who wasn't CEO, he, he reminded
1: me that you know if you didn't find the mistake nobody would have found the mistake so it's kind of you know even when you do find mistakes it's 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 you live what it is um you know we're still in a better position having this model than we had in, in previous versions um but yeah, so that that really kind of calmed me down because i felt very stressed i went to talk to my boss and be like oh my god i made this you know this error this 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 is massive um but he he kind of just backed me and you know i think it's really important and something i i learned from my kind of leadership is, Giving air cover to people under you—the best thing you can do is just, you know, cover them, get on with their work, and and things will will work out.
0: Absolutely. Um. So yeah. So you, you transitioned into that corporate development role, then moved to head of corporate development. Were there different projects involved? While were well, we doing that role, or you... Yeah,
1: so the, the corporate development was very much the pre-merger, and the head of corporate development kind of took over the the post-merger and the integration, and you know, setting up the for the the combined future rather than just an individual company. We were two together. Um, how do we bring this beast together, and how do we plan the next five years?
0: Yeah, and and how did you find that sort of integration piece and the strategic planning? I guess the the planning side is a lot more modeling again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, yeah the, the planning great. was kind of done before and I guess my, my role of head of corporate development was very
1: much holding people accountable to the model that I had built but they had all agreed to and it was that you know we, we did we went into this knowing the synergies we had to make the, the we we can't afford to do certain things anymore we have to hold ourselves accountable um so that was, that was you know it felt like a natural fit the title is just the title and I would have probably done that anyway um given you know I'd, I I put my name on that model, I made sure my CEO put his name on that model and said, you know, we're committing to get this done. Now. It's not just numbers on a spreadsheet, it's real life and we have to do this. Um, so I think the the role would have naturally gone that way. And yeah, the title kind of happened um,
0: as part of it, I guess. Nice. And then obviously at the moment, you're now investment director. What's Has anything changed at all there? or?
1: So, this is, is again, just redefining my role at the merger finished, you know, the, the strategy was set up, Seal had, you know, over time become a much cleaner company, um, much more focused on on the specific businesses that we're doing. And then, you know, my investment role became more prominent again in, in my day-to-day role after all of that stuff had, had gone on. Um, but yeah, primarily now my role of uh, the Veal Venture, which is investments again in, in new businesses, but also M&A is also with me um, you know keeping an eye on what's out there and what's interesting for zeal to look at um, and you know there's bits of strategy bits of investor relations help in corporate finance and you know here and there there's bits that I help with but primary role is is the venture of an M&A
0: and you said sort of keeping an eye on what's out there how do you go about doing that
1: so this, this is you know a, a lot of it is just keeping up with the news, <laughs> yeah. um, keeping up with competitors, knowing who's interesting, you know, checking their share prices every day. I do that with my own things. I just check their if for the news out there. Um, and then just connecting, networking. Um, it, it's one of those things I used to hate doing. Um, I still it's not my easiest thing either, networking. Um, but it's very valuable um, and I, I have learned that more recently.
0: Yeah, actually you've just reminded me I meant to go back and ask you that at the start how important you think networking is because obviously your role at zeal came about because you'd obviously kept in contact with the guys from geonomics um but yeah I mean you said you, you've learned a lot more of the value of it recently yeah in what sense I mean nearly everyone that I speak to sort of values networking above pretty much everything else but it'd be good to get your perspective
1: yeah, I, I was I was the anti-networker for a very long time. Um, I couldn't stand it. I'm an introvert. I I didn't like having to do that whole personal sales pitch. Um, I wouldn't have come on this call with you. Um, I would have been like, nope, I'm just doing my work. Get on with it. Um, but no, networking. Yeah, you know, I think the first indication was when I got this role, saying actually, you know, this is the value of keeping your network strong. Um, and then over time, I didn't need it so much for the first couple of years. It wasn't really a focus for me um, over the last year. I really tried to make it priority. You know, it, it makes you valuable in the sense that other things are more replaceable. Your network is not so replaceable. Um, you know, can if we if we need information on something in the market or something in, in that's happening somewhere in, in the industry, you know, can I pick up the phone to someone and ask them what's happening? What do you think? or you know what you're hearing as well That that's valuable and, and that's really good um to keep going and a lot of the investments we've made also have come from the network you know from people saying oh i know an investor here i'm gonna connect you to them you know maybe they they, they would invest in you because and that's where most of our investments have come from the network they're not just from the website or you know random stuff they're generally from the network that have introduced us
0: yeah and when when you say networking i think everyone gets this image of turning up to like uh drinks on your own at 7 30 after work and not knowing anyone there and yeah. having to just walk up to people and be like hi can i yeah. talk to you um, and then latching on one person and not yeah. leaving them all night um but obviously that's that's not the reality these days Um yeah. but as, as i can say i've never done that yeah exactly <laughs> um as sort of a self-proclaimed introvert, how do you go about maintaining and and expanding your network?
1: Um, I think the the introvert side is is you know one point I I was taught again from from one one of my old team members um, in in my small team at the beginning here is when I'm talking about something I know I'm going to know it better than anyone else. Um, So really trying to focus on on the strength, on the the topic you know, and you can do, you can deal with, you can have a a debate, a bit of a discussion on. Um, And the other side is, you know, I'm a one-to-one person, so if I want to connect and network, I'll have a call with someone, or I'll go for lunch with someone, or grab a coffee with someone. Um, You know, I don't necessarily like those eight people in a group and trying to put your voice over everyone, um, but that works for me. And I think everyone kind of has to find what works for them. Yeah I'm still not going to say I don't I don't love it. <laughs> it's never going to be my strongest strength, um but can I do it enough? Yes, I can, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful advice as well. Um so in terms of Zeal then, what what are the next steps if you can reveal or I mean what are the plans? Um Zeal is 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 I can give you some of it. I guess I can't give you all of it. Um
1: yeah. So I'm, you know, Zeal venture but still ramping up, you know, finding new investments, we're going to keep doing that. I've got a, a good, committed budget for the next couple of years. Um, Zeal is is growing very fast in Germany and it will continue to do so. Um, it has some strong, uh, some big goals for this year. Um, doing well and, and you know, we'll we'll meet those goals. Um, but yeah, for, that, for the kind of general view that I can give, you know, we are looking beyond what we do. On a day-to-day basis see what else is out there see the opportunity um but yeah generally we're, we're growing very fast in germany so right now that's you know number one priority is just to double down on that
0: cool sounds good um and then just just before we wrap up obviously you've got some non-exec and advisory roles do you just want to give me a bit of a flavor as to to what you do there what your involvement is um i know you've got quite a few
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So most of those are my investments at SEAL. So, you know, taking a seat on the board, um, helping and advising wherever I can. We we have, a you know, the way we invest at SEAL is, is very driven by we buy influence, we don't buy control. You know, we want to help. We want to have influence at, at the top table. But, you know, all of our investors are typically in control of what decisions they make. Because if we had the answers, we would do it ourselves. Um, You know, we don't know what's going to work. We don't know how to get there yet. You know, we have lots of learnings and, and knowledge that we can share, but we don't know the, the answers. So a lot of those are that non-exec roles, are my my director roles on, on the boards of those companies I have one. One of those is uh, I'm an MD of one of the entity, Veer, which is, is, has operated in the Netherlands, Norway and Czech Republic, doing lot of licensed businesses there. Um, I've been uh, cleaning up and winding it down um, as we've changed our strategy. And uh, one of those is an advisory role. So it's it's another company that similar to the, my investments that actually didn't want the investment from Zeal, but would like my knowledge and advisory role. So I'm I'm an advisor there.
0: Nice, cool. That's really helpful. And um, but yeah, so do you have some advice that you would give to you aspiring finance professionals? and it. Yeah, finance. You know, I never, never count myself as being in finance,
1: <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a weird one. Um, I know I have a quite financially background and fine, quite financy role, um, but I guess the, the one thing would be to, to focus on the solution. You know, how can you use finance to unlock doors, and, and not be that person that um, is always just raising the flag saying something's wrong. Yeah, and I think think that is, is something that you do you do unfortunately get a lot of finance people that do that um but the other side of it is you actually have more data than most people in the company so can you use that you know that that is if, if such a big thing to leverage and, and solve problems and you know business first finances at all together
0: yeah no i think that's a really good point um very helpful and and um finally the three key attributes that have enabled you the success that you've had
1: um yeah, it's always weird when people say success. I never yeah. feel like we're done yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think you know problem solving has been my one of my strengths. I think you know just always focusing on how to solve problems that have come up. You know, I will be the one usually to also be the pointing out. I, I don't mind doing that. I like doing that, um, but not just to point them out and point them out for pointing out sake, but actually pointing them out and saying, this is how we could solve this. Um, I think the other one is you know I've I've been an investor for a long time so. It's kind of got it, uh, you know, ingrained in me the feeling of what happens when a company goes bad. Either through, you know, I've, I've been in, invested in bankrupt companies and nationalized companies. Um, you know, when you feel that pain, you realize what it means to be a shareholder, it's not just a faceless corporation, it's, it's people on the end of that, and you know, they're trusting you with their money. and um, so I think that that perspective I bring to Zeal has been helpful. Um, uh, what's the other one? Failure is an option. So yeah, all these times that I've been uh, terrified when I make mistakes, um, you know, it, it's, it's taught me to own the mistakes, you know, to take it, take the responsibility. I've, I've had scenarios where I've taken risks and I've, I've told my boss that, you know, on my head, if, if something goes wrong, um, but also, you know, owning the successes as well, like don't forget those. Um, I actually had another piece of advice from one of my um, previous managers writing down things that happen in each month to remind yourself that you know, you've come this far this hasn't just turned up but, um you know some of that imposter syndrome always kicks in but this is a, a good way that I keep mine at bay at least
0: yeah great all right well look um like those uh, those attributes Amit. it um, and it's been a pleasure talking to you and yep. uh, yeah I've really enjoyed it yeah it's been fun um thanks for that okay. thanks a lot So that was Amit Lakani. I hope you enjoyed listening to Amit's story. Um, Key themes that were discussed were the use of sequel, um, trying out different roles before settling on your career of choice, and how he has developed his own financial models um, that were used ahead of the standard investment banking model, which again re-emphasizes the importance of SQL and uh, data analytics. The three key attributes that Amit identified in allowing him to succeed in his career to date were problem solving, uh, as well as pointing out errors, investing, investing. Um, so thinking about from perspective of if the business fails which people are impacted and the fact that failure is an option if you do make mistakes just sort them out I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode and as always don't forget to subscribe share and comment thank you